0: You really appreciate him agreeing to stay with us into this hour. Very honored to have him. I want to continue to go with your calls. David, Joe, George, everybody else is patiently holding, and we're going to take your calls in rapid succession. Alan brings up so many points. I want to back up everything he's saying. I tried to not interrupt. He's just such a great guy. He'll give you his websites, books, and videos before he leaves us, and uh, it's up to Alan. We can go 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, whatever he'd like. Uh, we'll just play it by ear. Uh, But, uh, Alan Watt, uh, getting into their actual beliefs, what they really believe, not all the layers of bull or things they use to balkanize us, what are the globalists, the global controllers, what would you call them? What do they really believe? What makes them tick? You've got the floor.
1: Well, they truly believe their ancestry, which is different only in the fact that they've had their partners chosen for them down through history. Um, So money and power, has always married money and power at the top. Love, in fact, between man and wife doesn't enter into their philosophy at all. And uh, it's simply for the offspring. And they claim they go back for thousands of years when some great leap forward occurred, some great um, evolutionary process occurred, uh, and they are the, the highest or most evolved species on the planet and they do look upon those beneath them as literally a a separate species, again in the writings of uh, Sir Charles Galton um, that really took up the the champion, the glove for uh, Darwin and Darwin himself being a champion of this old elite uh, crew who was also interbred for five or six generations with one other family um, they, they all said the same thing that that, uh, they'd have to eventually either eradicate the lesser species because if they were allowed to breed up, uh, they would overthrow those who brought order to the world. And they didn't believe that you could improve uh, those at the bottom by breeding them up with better stock. They believed that uh, by judging from animals, for instance, they used animals. In fact, Even Charles Davenport with the Carnegie Institute in 1904, when they opened up Cold Spring Harbor for this project, uh, they brought in the American um, uh, uh, Breeders Association, uh, and they took all the data from breeding cattle and livestock to see if it could be applied to humans.
0: Well, that's why why Hitler uh, actually made the head of the SS... Heinrich Himmler, because he was also a cousin of the king, but more importantly, he was a chicken geneticist who was into breeding chickens, Yes, and they cited, oh, he breeds chickens, he's good.
1: Yes, but they found they they couldn't, um, and the the children, for instance, of even those who were bred up would still contain what they they called recessive genes, and they'd have throwbacks that would be problems down through the ages so the only way they could imagine doing this was to create a new type of servant class while they were eradicating the old and that is why since the beginning of the 1900s to the present they put so much of our tax money into doing genetic research to create a new type of perfected slave that will give them no trouble while they kill off uh, the remaining types of the old stock
0: please continue
1: so so this is a religion with them. It's a, it's a firm belief uh, with them. Uh, read the books. As I say, if any listener out there, read the books put out and the letters uh, of Charles Davenport, uh, who was head of the Carnegie Institute. This is the same institution, by the way, Cold Springs Harbor, that uh, were funded partly by Congress as well as the Carnegie and then Rockefeller took it over, Rockefeller Foundation, and right up into the 1970s, they were doing mandatory sterilization on what they deemed the unfit throughout the Americas, throughout the USA. And this is where it didn't matter so much just about IQ level. They looked upon poverty itself as a hereditary disease, and not the conditions that you're brought up in, but but a national genetic uh, problem. And they believe that there was a, you, you, you were born with a poverty gene. And, and they teach points. this
0: in all the major colleges. An example in Endgame is the head of the state board of psychiatry before the state legislature, and they say, Why are 67% of the children on psychotropic drugs? And he said, Well, they come from bad gene pools. Mm-hmm. That's why they're poor, because, yes. so there's no even genetic testing as if Ritalin and Prozac is for bad genes, when those are toxic poisons that further brain damage them. It's just we don't do any testing. They're poor, so that's the proof. And now, I put this in endgame. I know you're aware of it. I've heard you talk about it on your own radio show. um, Alan, you have uh, all the news articles out of England where for several years, if your parents ever committed a crime or you're poor at 2 you were put on probation and have monthly visits with your government agent and the schools openly say it's our job now to run the family go ahead
1: that's correct uh, and it was further back than that the along with this great surge forward in in the supposed poverty gene uh, uh, theory that they came up with in the 1800s and put built it into the first census taking in western hemisphere including the US you're taking your medical data and any criminal data as well. And then they follow you down through history to see how many criminals come out of that particular family or how much money it costs uh, the government. uh, If you're poor and need medical treatment, what was the problem in medicine, is it hereditary too? And so it's basically farming, it's basically farming. And the head of the American Breeders Association was Willer Hayes, that was his name. He was part of this Cold Springs Harbor uh, Institution on Genetic Research. Um, he said that, he said, all livestock breeders know how to solve this problem. It's a matter of convincing the public to allow us to go ahead and do it. Well, guess what? They're actually doing it all. They're killing off the old stock while they genetically modify a new type to come in and replace
0: them. Yeah, let's be clear. Whenever you talk to an intellectual, liberal, conservative, most educated people don't know why they have the view, but they say, yeah, there's too many people, we need to kill them. And I go, well, are you going to die? And they go, no. Well, are you going to go kill these African kids? No. Then you point out that population is actually going down the West, that it's the West that's dying. Then you uh, show them the numbers that within 20 years, the third World's going to start dropping. That's on every graph. Then you point out, hey, the elite actually see you as bad stock. And want you gone. See, they see themselves as elites. They don't understand they're already under eugenics attack. That it's already happening to them. So th- that's another thing the elitists use is they have subclasses that think they're members of the elite. That seems to be a key control mechanism.
1: It is, in fact, in their own writings they talk about needing seven uh, special. Um, uh, generations seven generations to create the perfect hybrid so if you don't have selective breeding for seven generations even though you think you're earning a lot of money and you're serving them well you're not in their class at all and that's the key to that that's the key to the whole thing uh, so so all of these people who have picked their own wives or their fathers did and so on they're called commoners they would married out of the common Stock. They weren't particularly nobly selected, and therefore, you're not even in the running. You're not even in the running. They still claim, by their own philosophy, that you will have throwbacks in your children that cannot be um, predictable.
0: Now, notice, though, that they already had their view of royal bloodlines, royal breeding. That they were the best, and so these scientists come along who were married into the gentry, and married into the elite, the Galtons, all of them, the Darwins. They were already intermarrying together, and you know half their kids or more were dying at birth. Ooh, the superhumans of it, and the mental illness, and the insanity, and the schizophrenic paranoia mixed in with psychopathic genetics. And so, really, they have made a different race of super demons uh, uh, who are stumbling around with all these, you know, genetic disorders. Uh, In reality, real genetics shows hybrid vigor, and that mixing actually does create more intelligence. And uh, you want to comment on that? So, so, I mean, they tailored their science from an idea, and then they build everything around keeping that false idea around. Go ahead.
1: Well, they hope themselves to be able to perfect themselves as well, all the defects that have shown up. Uh, through, it is true that if you have, uh, I mean, mongrelized dogs are the sturdiest, hardiest dogs out there. They're, they're, they're less prone to neurosis of any kind, and they're far healthier physically. They don't, they don't have allergies and so on. And it's the same with humans. They're also so,
0: finding they're the best guard dogs. They're the best search and rescue dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are vastly more intelligent than, say, a heavily bred dog.
1: Absolutely. So, the, all the problems that come down with the uh, Galton or, or the Darwin, say, uh, for instance, I mean, Charles Darwin himself uh, was married, he's with the fifth generation, who'd all married uh, into one other family, and that was the Wedgwood family of Britain, the big pottery family. And so his wife died after giving uh, having ten children, two of whom survived in mental hospitals, the rest of them all died. Uh, And he married his mother's sister, who was also a Wedgwood. So all of them had married into one particular family. And why they did that, not not into special, uh, other select families, but only into one other family, they thought that, for instance if the male was a good scientist and and so was his father then if they married a a female with similar abilities or a good mathematician then that should technically show up in the offspring but but now we know
0: from the genetic engineering with the plants that it's random expression and that's why they can change one gene and get the one characteristic, but then it randomly changes thousands of other things each replication. It's random. It's random. And, and, and they
1: got all this theory, too, from Mendel, who was a monk who first came up with the hybrid peas. That's where they, all, they grabbed on this whole thing to do with seven pairs of peas, and this fact that this monk could predict by certain mixes exactly what, how tall it would be, uh, its mm-hmm. structure and so on, and its yield. They the tried well, to apply that to humans, and it didn't work the same.
0: But, but 150 years ago, when all this got codified, I mean, as you said, 2,400 years ago with uh, Plato, it's it's all the same thing. Yeah. But all the major robber barons, the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers, uh, the Carnegies, the Brothmans, all the money believes this. Mm-hmm. They're told it will give them better help. They finance it. Bill and Melinda Gates, you know, 80 plus billion with Warren Buffett. It's all they do. David Rockefeller is 90-something years old. I mean, he grew up in this. You know, people think this is some old thing. No, no, this is just now coming to fruition. Their old stuff didn't work. So now they say it's the transhumanist, posthumanist. We're going to merge with machines. That will give us our advanced Valhalla which no doubt it's going to give us the horrors and the centralization and control over individuals. And then you watch the top scientists, Warwick and others, they say, yeah, we're going to kill everybody. Notice that transhumanism came out of uh, Huxley's brother, the head eugenicist. He, he he then coins it in the 50s because uh, he was the head eugenicist. It had a bad name, transhumanist. And again, oh, the the robot cyborgs we have to kill you all first see it's always it's always that psychopathic impulse that they then dress up in science comments yeah exactly
1: uh, aldo huxley spoke uh, on both sides of the fence uh, because he was in at the big meetings he worked for the tavistock institute he himself was uh, from a long line of aristocracy and uh, in fact his his grandfather was sir thomas huxley was the best friend of Charles Darwin, and he really championed Darwinism after that. So they all believed firmly. Every single generation believed firmly in the same belief system or religion, and it is a religion amongst them. And and these, and he Huxley himself. Interesting enough, on in one of his interviews that's available on the web, he said, "It's not impossible with the tremendous money that these magnets have acquired over the centuries. It's not impossible for a small group of men." To, to scientifically take over the entire planet and everything in it. Uh, now, he was talking not from his imagination or speculation, but because he was in on many of these discussions to do uh, w- uh, that came from uh, the big meetings themselves. He was part of it. And sure enough, his brother, um, Aldo Huxley, not Aldu but Julian Huxley became the head. He was appointed the first CEO of UNESCO where they created, they're going to create a world society by, by universal training of children from the United Nations. That's dysfunction, in fact, to train them in a specific way so they would accept these changes as they saw them occurring down through their life. They were already planned to happen. Now you have to you train a generation to grow up and indoctrinate them early so they don't freak out when they see these changings, these changes actually occurring in their lifetime.
0: They're in control. They're turning the world into their own private nightmare laboratory, having their way with us in every way. And uh, the good news is, though, humanity is waking up, and I hope we wake up before the brink. Do you see any reform coming out of the elite, or, I mean, is it all just their own personal power trip? They've got to always press on the nerve of power, Alan. They they
1: can't help themselves, unfortunately. As I see they're pseudo-masochistic. Uh, even in their personal lives and in their interaction with each other. They they play games all the time for one-upmanship, that type type of thing. Um, They can't help themselves. They cannot reform themselves. A psychopath has no ability to stop their own ego. Their ego is everything to them. they, They will take the world down rather than admit they were wrong. And Hitler said that, too, in the bunker. He said, if Germany cannot take over the world, they do not deserve to exist as a people, and therefore they should all die.
0: Well, that's when he flooded his own people on the tunnels.
1: Yes. And with the same thing with Prime Minister Begin, who was diagnosed psychopathic in Israel, when he had the Samson complex back in the 70s, and he said, if Israel goes down, we'll unleash all the nuclear weaponry and take the world with us. That was also a psychopathic uh, trait he was showing right there.
0: Well, I hope the elites know that it's their own trait that's going to destroy us if they don't get control of themselves.
1: That's what frightens some of, some of them, actually. Under, some of them understand that, and that they're, they're wary of each other towards the top of the pyramid structure, and I do believe they will start fighting each other when they, they see their end in sight, and that's maybe one of the best advantages we have. Uh, because they will uh, start to fight for power. Well, they're be... so
0: nihilistic that every time a King Rothschild dies, you see a bunch of the kids die as they're killing each other. And, yeah. and they do the same thing in the British royalty. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same pathology. Look at how royals going back to Egypt and the British are always killing their children, killing their parents. I mean, normal people mm-hmm. don't do that.
1: No, they're famous famous for, for patricide and so on. Uh, Alexander the Great was the same, all done through history. It's the same character, as you know. Uh, trained by the same high philosophers that really were just the high priests of the religion. And
0: um, but aren't they the high philosophers, the real power behind the throne? They, they are. Have...
1: They're also the ones who select the mates. Uh, they keep the genealogies for these people, yeah. Aristotle, for instance, was he, he, he taught Alexander the Great, and, and uh, Alexander came out believing that he could become a god on earth. And that hasn't changed Prince... Uh, we find that um, not Prince Philip, who's bad enough, but
0: um, Prince Charles has Prince these Charles. these things erected of him as an angel, and then he's worshipped.
1: Yes, and he says uh, he says I am an Olympian.
0: Yeah. When really he, he he's a doddering scumbag, but he has a bristling armored, uh, almost AI fortress. Uh, it, it's these institutions that serve them that go on. It, it's and, and it's a cancer.
1: Yes, it is. And they've given us their, their their culture. We think it's our culture. They've actually given us their culture. And we have to stop fighting each other and see who the enemy is.
0: I was uh, in London at a decent hotel. wasn't even that fancy, but it was uh, d- down by Windsor Palace. And I was with the Watson brothers right during the 7-7 bombings. They're covering all of that. And this woman and this man kept looking at us with hatred and then laughing at us. And then she even said, oh, Alex Jones. ha ah, ah, ah." And I said, "Who are you?" And she, and she was like, "Oh, I'm the such and such of Marlboro, and this is the such and such." And I said, "Oh, what do you do?" And they laughed at me and they said, uh, "We, we have a life of leisure and research." And they laughed at me. And I, I got home and Googled them, and sure enough, it was them. But I saw in their eyes they were jealous, they were hateful. I was real. I had a real life. I was standing up against the corruption. And they were so unhappy, they hated the Watson brothers because they were young and good-looking. They hated me because I wasn't scared of them. And they had to sit there and shoot their mouths off and tell me that they were better than me. I mean, that is so pathetic. They are so disgusting. And it turned out that it really was who they said it was. I mean, that's when you're pathetic. When when, they're, when they identify one of their enemies in a restaurant, you know, two tables over, and 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 then they get your attention to get you to talk to them, just so they could then turn their backs on us and act elitist. Like that would hurt me. Like like I'm at an ego level. I mean, they're very childlike, Alan.
1: Oh, they are childlike, very very childlike. Uh, the women especially, but the women, as I say, are, are mainly uh, used as breeders. Um, yeah, it was
0: the woman. The male was horrified that she was talking to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the women are like that. They're very childish. They're, they're kept in a life of leisure. They're perpetual children. In fact, uh, one of my I talked to said to me, she says I, I was brought up with my own personal butler uh, and stuff like that. She said, I used to wonder how the cups would get brought through that door to the kitchen and how they'd always come back clean. She'd never been in a kitchen in her life, even her own one. They have no idea of reality.
0: But they have the best think tanks in the world Organizing the system to keep them in control Yes
1: yeah. But the, the females Absolutely are, are, are Generally they tend to be terribly immature Now I've met some of the other ones uh, That work for the system Some of the other ones have gone into the system they work for the United Nations uh, They work in high levels of, of Governments in Europe And I used to talk to some of them in the 70s and 80s And um They'd, take me, they'd bring me back home in fact if I'd been on stage in some places and I, I, wasn't, I was still putting everything together at that time but when I look back at the questions they'd asked and some of the comments they made um, one of them in Norway who became a, a top person in the United Nations uh, she said to me, she says you realise that Europe is over, it's is being integrated and by the end of the millennium it'll be one, the one government and she says then the push is on she says to establish the global government and uh... And I realize uh, this woman did come from a long lineage of, of these particular uh, families. So they do use the brighter ones, but most of them, I must admit, um, don't have too much smarts.
0: Well, I don't understand uh, why. I see elitist writings, and I've interviewed them, and I've talked to them, and they go, well, soon there'll be no more war and peace, and whatever we do to get that's okay. And I'm like, look at you, you're a bunch of psychos who like to hurt people. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, they claim that it's an end justifies the means, um, but uh, really, uh, it's the end justifying the means. Mm-hmm. They just like stomping around playing God. They'd have to kill each other at the end. If they had no more beasts uh,
1: to torment, they would have to turn on each other. Uh, it's a trait that they have. They've never, ever figured out that. how to. Actually, one person did. They've had meetings about this how they control each other. And Arthur C. Clarke, uh, who was a big writer on their behalf for, for predictive programming with his 2001 and 2010. 2001, remember, was written in the 60s, and its allegorical form it, it meant the creation of a new system on Earth in 2000, beginning in 2001 to be completed by 2010. Uh, he, wrote, he wrote another book called 3001, And in in this particular book, the elite themselves, the survivors of all this catastrophe that happens on Earth, uh, are are monitored by computers to ensure none of them uh, get the urge to be number one tyrant and take over over the rest of them. So they've already, uh, to ask these questions, they know their own uh, problems down through history.
0: Yeah, that's right. They've all got brain chips that monitor them.
1: Yes. Uh, David, uh, same thing, too, with... with, the Rockefeller, David Rockefeller, he'll tell everyone at every meeting and every interview he has, you must know your history. He also means the elite themselves must know their own history because, down through the ages, they've battled each other, they've taken countries to war against each other, not because of the, the people or the flag, but because they want pen- personal aggrandizement. They want to be at the top at the pinnacle of the planet. They have this incredible lust for power, and they do every 50 years or so. Uh, have a lust for blood it's almost like a, a bloodletting they have to go through uh, to, to satiate themselves uh, so there's something more than just basic psychopathy here um, and, and it's best to leave that to the religionists because it's into a different realm altogether
0: well it's uh, it's so sad that all of this is happening and that they rationalize their psychopathic behavior and hum- humanity can do so much go so far Uh, If if, if we had an elite that truly tried to empower, truly tried to awaken, truly tried to have true debates, I mean, it wouldn't be a perfect world, but it would be a thousand times more uh, regenerative, uh, explosive, dynamic, and we would already be across the stars. There is no doubt to me that these people are holding us back.
1: They are holding us back, and that's part of the reason they've always done so. Uh, As I say, they believe that if they give power to the masses and let the masses start running their life for themselves, Uh, then then they'll go either two ways they'll either fizzle out because they won't compete enough they believe or or else uh, they'll compete so well or actually cooperate so well amongst themselves they won't need the elite anymore
0: and when you look at that uh, they talk about a neo-feudal state where they will be in centralized uh, spires of advanced technology walled off under national security and then a new reality, an advanced reality and it already has begun since 1947, the National Security Act and before then, they are kind of like the gods in their inner city command centers and then we are, those of us that are left almost like museum pieces that they just play with
1: Uh, That's correct, that's correct that they've discussed all of these possible scenarios uh, and used big money and lots of time to do so too um, they leave nothing to chance. They're, again, it's, it's part of their nature to want to control, so they want to know all the different possibilities, and they have teams and, and countless think tanks working on every facet because they are control freaks. They must have data and control. Did you ever see
0: Zardos with Sean Connery? Yes, excellent movie, yeah. Yeah, where, where, where they've depopulated the earth on almost nothing, but there's a few lone bands of humans. So they've got this big hovercraft that flies around like an idol, disgorging shotguns and shotgun shells to this, to this clan of killers, and, and they tell them, go out and kill, 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 uh, and it's population control.
1: It's population control, and in that movie, too, you have the descendants of the elite who have given themselves physical immortality, but they couldn't breed with each other. Uh, they lost the urge to breed. But they lived forever and lived within their own little uh, protected enclave in the mountains while all the commoners, or the descendants of the commoners, as you say, were breeding outside and being killed by uh, the destructive, uh, specially purpose-made group. And, and even the whole reality that was given to the to the killers was a fake one. The, the cops and the military should listen to this. Because the whole philosophy came from the Wizard of Oz, the book.
0: Well, that's it. They've got to save the Earth, and the God gives them the guns to make them the dominant group. But they must go around killing, and they just run around killing everybody. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, I, I forget, I haven't seen that in Zardoz in years. How does he wake up? Did not he climb up in it or something? He climbs
1: up in it. He managed to get to the headquarters where the elite, the, the immortal elite live. And the Immortal Elite are all connected by crystals in their brain, by the way. <laughs> That's an old movie. And uh, a computer is, is partly running the show. And he eventually gets into where the computer is and, and basically destroys it and tries to start the old system over again, working over again, because the, the Immortal Elite had become so de- decadent. Uh, that that uh, there was no progress, no change at all on anything. Nothing was changing whatsoever.
0: Stagnancy. Uh, by the way, I saw a new movie a couple of years ago called Avion Flux. Same, same story.
1: Same story over and over and over again. They keep giving us the same kind of scenario with the masses being impoverished, uh, war-torn uh, uh, countries with uh, elite bands, uh, well-paid bands of military enforcers, of course, working on half of, of the elite.
0: And now they're telling us we got to take the water, got to take the food, got to take the oil, all admittedly artificial. They even admit that, but you've got to be intellectual enough to go read their yeah. own articles where they admit it. Uh, and then, and they're bragging that you're now going to learn how to be a slave. You're now going to learn how to die. Now one in two you know, going to have cancer. Now you've got to die. This yeah. is normal.
1: That's correct. As I say, they're now teaching, they're actually teaching medical doctors that one in two is normal. Now, years ago at medical school, you were taught all the different kinds of cancers. You were given the countries it was more predominant in, how rare certain ones were, and so so on. They're taught none of that now. They're taught that all cancer is just quite natural, and that people will just die off of cancer. Uh, And so that's how easy it is to, to train each generation. You simply eliminate the past, the past data, so they won't ask questions and see why.
0: And by the way, uh, or they're so drunk and on Prozac watching TV, they don't care. I hope you're listening to me, and I hope you're watching out there, viewers. I wish they weren't putting cancer viruses in the air and in your water and in your vaccines. I wish. Believe me, I wish every day this wasn't true. You're being told the truth. Now you have a responsibility. But, you know, they, they even tell us, too. They even tell us, oh, uh, 10 years using a cell phone, you will get a big fat brain tumor. Oh, uh, the incubators are, 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 are frying the baby's hearts. But we're going to keep doing it. I mean, they just admit everything now. But, no, but, they admit,
1: too, even the laptop computer. It's called a laptop because young children put it on their laps. Sterilize. It sterilizes the nails, yeah.
0: And it's not just the, quote, heat. It's the radiation.
1: Yeah, they now have built-in, the, the built-in infrared cards, uh, microwave cards are in it.
0: Yeah.
1: See, nothing happens by chance in the system. Believe you me, nothing is put on the shelves that they, where they don't know what the effects are going to be. They know that this is old stuff, old uh, understanding and technology, old science. So they understand exactly what it's going to well, do to the cell population.
0: phones, you know, it's, it's, it's burning the cells out. Yes. Yeah. Well... Folks, you can get to where you don't use your cell phone except in emergencies or to get phone numbers off, and still you shouldn't. I mean, I see children all over the streets, you know, five years old, six years old with cell phones. And I even try to rudely now get in people's business and go, you know, I don't call CPS on them because CPS would probably give them a cell phone. But, I mean, I say, listen, you might look at literature. That's really bad. Here's an example. I went ahead and had my child, my third child, at a government uh, facility. We're about to take calls and let Alan go. But... You know there can be complications. I know the doctor. I know the hospital. I know it's a facility, but statistically, I don't. They're hunting down the midwives. It's very hard to get them. Uh, my wife wanted to have the third child at the hospital. We did it. And I walk in, and the lady says, "Oh, will you go tell the desk downstairs this? Give them this piece of paper." And I looked at her and smiled and walked out. And and the lady walked back out when I came back up, and I said, well, "Did he ask you? Did she ask if I beat you?" Yeah, he asked. Uh, I mean, she asked. Let me tell the story. I'm trying to hurry here, and then I babble. I go to the hospital. My wife's having an cesarean section because she's already had one. Uh, I go in, and I go upstairs, and she's there h- having my wife answer like a 100 questions, entering it into the health department computer. It all goes right to the federal government, right to the local government. It's the Eugenics Local Bureau. That's what founded the health departments, ladies and gentlemen, the the health hygiene departments. The nurse doesn't even know that. She just knows that, well, she is getting this for the police, and then, uh, like they did the times before, she says, oh, will you carry this, you know, like I'm one of the animals that doesn't understand this. But she's one of them, too. She's, she's just habitualized to it. But but she gets to be a little higher level and manipulate me, the lower-level cow, the lower-level uh, goat, the lower-level domesticated animal. She says, will you bring this file downstairs for me, please, uh, down to these folks? And I said, sure. I come back. She goes out of the room for a minute, and I go, did, did she ask the question about whether I beat you? Yeah, she asked if if I, if I you abused me. She asked if our home was good, how our money is. Of course, they didn't tell my wife. She already knew. But they, other women are just trusting. This is your doctor. This is your nurse. You're about to have a baby. Oh, it's so nice. And see, it's all just standardized that, hey, there's no due process, that this is law enforcement, that this is going into a government database, that we're going to take your baby's blood and put it in a DNA database. And then they go in and they want to give the baby Hep shots, and I said, no, you know that brain damages them, and and it's only for sexually transmitted diseases and isn't good. And both nurses later in the uh, you know the area giving the baby a bath said, yeah, we don't give our kids it either. We know it's bad, but we we're just supposed to ask you. And then I'm another dad's in there ten minutes later, and the nurses are trying to push him to take it, and I just couldn't help it. I just said, you know something. Sir, not only is that shot not good, and these nurses don't give it to their children, uh, but uh, they're going to put your child in a DNA database now. And, uh, you know, the nurses all kind of were red-faced, but halfway mad, halfway agreeing, all in this culture of fear, all carrying out black ops against each other. Alan, comments on that? We're going to take calls. It's it's
1: so sad, so true. You're you're right on with that, because... The, the nursing staff know that, and it's the same all through the society. Those who are paid the, the wage, uh, the paycheck, there are, are, are terrified to inform the public uh, of the reality of what's going on. They tend to go along with it, and uh, that's how the whole system works. It's the same in the school system. I've talked to lots of teachers. I'm sure you have too, who know exactly what they're doing. It's really social indoctrination for specific purposes, and it's social engineering. And uh, and yet they, they they'll tell you I cannot leave I need this job and where else will I get this kind of paycheck which is very true for teachers so uh, the the whole structure of society it depends on this darn paycheck unfortunately and people are terrified of, of losing that job and telling the truth yeah. it's like blackmail
0: well you're absolutely right and, and and if you look at what they put doctors through the 18-hour days the brainwashing you know once they even have their degree. They have to do a year or two of residency. They're bossed around by the nurses, everybody. And it's all about in the power position, just like the Nazis. Once they get in that power position, they're controlling over those above them, I mean below them, and then minions to those above them. And it's this whole hierarchical system of control because they've paid their dues. They've worked hard to get this position. They've got hundreds of thousands of dollars in college bills. They've got to buy into the system. Can you talk about that?
1: I've got one right now I know. He's a top specialist surgeon who was approached recently by the United Nations to set up, once they take over the complete Middle East, uh, they want him to go over and set up uh, the, the, the beginning of a Western structure of medicine and no doubt implement the whole scheme of inoculations and so on. And he he phoned me there just at the weekend to tell me he can't be scared to talk to me anymore in case they find out. He he actually told me this. He's now terrified after he was approached that he'll lose this position. Uh, And he works in a a big.
0: Oh yeah, I talk to uh, mid-level technocrats all the time, and they're like, "Listen, they'll hear. I can't be talking to you. You know what they're going to do to you? Yeah. I mean, exactly. The whole intelligentsia is like now figuring it out and like, oh my gosh, we're you know I better go along with this. Yes.
1: Yeah, when people actually tell you, they've been talking to you for a couple of years, that they can't talk to you anymore or they're afraid to because of who you are, what you're doing, and because of the lucrative positions that have just been offered, uh, then what can you say? Uh, in a sense, they're letting themselves down. They're letting the populations down. The people, Even their own children. Well, the globalists,
0: themselves. again, control the entire financial yeah. A psychological, physical paradigm, they're just issuing the money out of nothing. Yes, we'll sell our souls for this made up commodity, mm-hmm. which is a fiat currency and credit.
1: Yes, and it is true. Uh, that, uh, you know, there's going to be no lack of food, food to go around. There's going to be a lack of the money to buy it, the same as the last depression. They did the same in Ireland. They called it the, the great the potato famine. It wasn't a potato famine, Ireland was exporting more grain. And, and other kind of foods and, and beef and cattle and so on they ever believe to the top corporations in England at the time and uh, Ireland at the same time as they were loading their stuff on the ships they were starving to death and the British troops were stopping the public uh, the, the peasantry from getting their own food they were exposed well, take, all abroad well
0: take New Orleans I've talked to people on air who were there I've had family that was there for five days, they held the food within yards of the people at the Superdome. It was all a test. And so they could also then show that and say, oh, look, we don't have enough money and power and funding. We need even more power now because we, quote, screwed up.
1: That's correct. that That is absolutely correct. Money is an idea. <laughs> That's all it is. It's an idea. A price on something is someone's idea. And yet we've been trained to believe that nothing works without money. Well, hey, you can still grow food without money. You can still trade and barter trip without money. There's no reason for anyone to
0: starve. Which is why they're going after the family farms all over the Western yes. world. And the main reason the food prices are up is because the dollar's been devalued by 60-plus percent, mm-hmm. and now there are trillions of dollars globally. And so these companies and, and, and speculators are buying it all up so America can't have its own food. It's being shipped to other nations.
1: That's that's correct, and also that the Council on Foreign Relations that drafted up the integration for the Americas, and they admitted that on television in Canada, on national television, um, they're now uh, beating the drums to say that we'll have to amalgamate because of terrorism, because the dollar is falling and we're so integrated and dependent on the dollar, and they'll bring out the new currency. Now, they did this in Europe with the euro, and you better believe that when they bring out the new Amero, it'll be worth half, purchasing power-wise of the dollar, we're all going to see incredible uh, price. And that increases. goes
0: after people that have been putting their money in their mattress. Yes. Uh.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and yet some man at the top, this, this uh, great person that walks out from the Federal Reserve as though he is the king of the world and declares what the dollar is worth, and everyone goes into action as soon as he utters it we've seen this for down through the centuries Lord Rothschild does the same with the gold standard every day he sticks his finger out the window and tells you what gold is worth I mean these characters have run the world for thousands of years and they've got us convinced that we cannot survive without their system and yet we have no say on purchasing power uh, and what money is even worth Uh, something's drastically wrong here
0: well it is Alan I'm going to take do you have time to take five calls with us Sure, yeah. And then we'll let you go. We appreciate all your time. Uh, let's talk to George in Indiana. George, you're on the air.
2: All right, Alex, I've never disagreed with you, but there's a, there's something happening in my town I want to know. You say they won't come out for mugging. Our cops come out for everything. I manage a seven-room apartment building, and one lady's called them 17 times in one week. Can you tell me why that might be happening?
0: Well, that's wonderful. Uh, I, I, I'm telling you, that uh, what I have dealt with is my car being stolen, house being broken into, uh, the coffee shop got broken into, and the police never came, but they will give you a ticket now for five miles over the speed limit where they didn't used to do that in the past. And uh, so it sounds like they're doing a good job in your town.
2: Well, they'll come for aliens. I mean, these people, uh, they must be paid for every time they make a stop.
0: Well, that does jack up their number. Their number. Of, I mean, I know here in Austin, Texas, that it's hard to get a cop. Yeah. And they have massively increased the amount. But I'm telling you, you go five miles over the speed limit anywhere, they're going to catch you. I mean, they're on every road, 24 hours a day, and now they just randomly pull you over and want to search your vehicle.
2: Yeah, not, i got something else to talk to you about, but I'll, I'll do it another time. Nice show, guys.
0: Hey, I really appreciate you calling, appreciate you holding. Uh, let's go to Joe in New York. Joe, go ahead.
2: Uh, yeah, I first uh, started coming into uh, uh, informing myself. Uh, actually, because of Ron Paul, I really supported a lot of his views and started to inform myself, get uh, a lot of information out. And now uh, I'm starting to look at the other presidential candidates and see if there's anything that... Uh,
0: you totally for- staged, all three. Um, well, I mean, Go ahead and make your point, and then I want to get Alan Watts' take on our election.
2: Sure. I, uh, well, the only thing that I uh, looked at is is there any possibility for reform in uh, what people want in a monetary policy in this country? All right, a, let me, a, a l- candidate like let me say like Obama maybe take an issue like that up, or is it just so, uh, so behind the scenes that nothing like that would even be
0: let, able to get? Let me just explain something here. We get 60% turnout for presidential elections. They give it endless coverage, and then they're total puppets. Run by the interests that put them into power, and the minute they don't follow orders, they're Kennedy or Lincoln. Now, uh, instead, we get about eight percent on average in the us. I don't know what it is in Canada, turnout for local elections, where you can actually have an effect, where you can sabotage peacefully what the globalists are doing. And so we need to get people to focus on local elections instead of I mean look, the mainstream media says focus on national. Why do we focus on national? Uh, where you can have an effect is locally, but the window is closing with the uh, fraudulent machines. Alan Watt?
1: Yeah, it's true, but even with your local, too, uh, I keep telling people you better investigate anyone who wants power over you, power to make laws over you or your children, uh, even the ones who get into the school board or your local town council, because uh, you you should demand to have their life open as an open book to the public if they want the power to make laws that affect
0: you. Yeah, here's an example. I don't want power. I don't want to be in government. I want to have enough power to protect myself and be left alone. I mean, I mean here's an example, and I use this a lot, and I like going to events. We're going to have some Alamo Draft House showings later this month to show my film, uh, the new film I've made. It's one of the best I've ever made, folks. It's totally different than any other film I've made, but I need to talk about that. I've been so busy making and I haven't talked about it yet. But I like watching you enjoy the film or laugh or see your response, and I like seeing you. But I don't like being told how great I am and having person after person fawn after me. It actually is upsetting to me because I kind of don't have a low view of myself, but I'm much more interested in you than I am in myself. And I'm not saying I'm some great person. I mean, I remember 10, 12 years ago when I first got involved, it was fun for people to like me, fun to go out and do events. Well, now I was wondering how politicians and people can run around to thousands of meetings and love shaking hands. They are getting off on it, you see. So you got to wonder about somebody who wants power. Uh, Alan, go ahead.
1: Well, that's exactly true. Again, the psychopathic types gravitate towards powerful positions, and they are the ones who go into into these particular jobs. Look how Hitler ran across the whole of Germany in an aircraft. He hated flying too, and attended two, three, four. Speeches in different parts of Germany per day uh, these characters are tireless when it comes to grabbing that seat of power uh, way beyond the normal person's capacity uh, but they crave it and they'll do anything to get it that's true
0: anything else, uh, Joe? Uh,
2: so you really don't think that there could be any kind of, is there any way we could form a movement to change monetary policy to change this idea that we should be blindly following the Fed I mean, I think that goes to the root of all evil, and nobody
0: even talks about it. Well, sir, we talk about the Federal Reserve every day here. Well, I know you do, but uh, mainstream media doesn't. But, I mean, we we have to make our own media, you see, and I appreciate your call. You're going at it trying to seize their territory. Instead of, Alan and I are saying, they are not the entire paradigm. We can make our own paradigm. We can create things outside of their system. I mean, let me tell you where things start. It's with you getting a hand-cranked printing press and making one-page handbills, you know, and handing them out to your neighbors. It's in you picking a few issues locally that you rally people to defeat, even if it's in your neighborhood. Then you show you can get things done. People then learn who you are. Then you can do more as an active saboteur in their system. Uh, But if we imagine some huge national movement and some, some stroke, you know, Hollywood shows us this Herculean image of one strong man that saves us, of one guy who, like Schwarzenegger, takes out all the bad guys. It is a process of waking others up, of not supporting the mainline system, of supporting alternative media, of spreading the word. Alan, you want to give people suggestions for solutions?
1: Yeah, they, they have to. Uh, see, again, that's exactly right. One person concentrating on just one one aspect of it, like the money, uh, is going to be lost. There is it's, even that's overwhelming in itself. You, you've got to start being individually involved as an individual. Stop looking just for groups all the time and start printing up information yourself and passing it around. I don't I don't care if you get laughed at. You. One person out of a hundred that listens and they spread that on too that's how the whole process works in history it takes time we're looking for a quick fix in the day when we take an aspirin for a headache Uh, it doesn't work that way in societal changes it's intergenerational these guys work through generations but we want an immediate writing of a system. Exactly. Stuff, I mean, you know? I mean,
0: the huge awakening we're seeing now mm-hmm. is nothing compared to one in a decade. I mean, the 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 guys that came 30, 40, 50, hundred years ago, yeah. exposing this controlling oligarchy, the scientific dictatorship. Their work was tiny, very. I mean, they, they might write a book and two thousand people read it, mm-hmm. and then that creates a ripple, and then bigger ripples, and bigger. Now we've got millions listening every day. We've got people awakening all over, but they're still looking for a pyramidal, top-down solution. Uh, and you're absolutely right, Alan. I mean, I've been doing this almost thirteen years. And I've been doing it seven days a week and I'm like a farmer. I mean I see it as a process. I gotta plow the field, plant the seeds, I gotta bring it in, I've gotta then, you know, do a bigger field the next year. I gotta teach others how to plant fields. And 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 I always work hard and don't expect big results, so I've gotten exponential results. Now it it is getting to chain reaction level just in my area because I have listeners that understand that and are active. And so, again, stop looking for the big fix. Realize every mind, every person we unlock, that's the process at the cellular level that's going to change the body politic. Alan?
1: There's no doubt about it. As many fingers pointing to the same target at once is what scares those at the top. They're not afraid of, of one lone guy pointing a finger and accusing him of something, but when thousands or millions understand something, and are all looking at them. These characters want to cower into the shadows very quickly, believe you me.
0: And, And exactly... That sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. You're talking about billions of people, millions of people, individually pointing from different angles, different places, and it's the act of pointing. A lot of people around you, uh, they're scared to speak up. They're scared to step out. As more people go public on 9-11, more people go public on global warming, and the solutions to it being a fraud and and, and, and transhumanist uh, excuse to be anti-human again, more and more their confidence is shaken. I mean, I know so many patriots that have come and gone. So many patriots that have uh, freedom lovers, truth truthers who come and go. They, they work for a year, two years. They don't become big shots overnight. They drop off. They throw a fit. Or they come into it. The elite sees all of us as people who are wannabe uh, aristocrats. They think I'm fighting them because I want to unseat them and get power. And it's true. A lot of people like me are doing it for their own personal power. I'm doing it organically, instinctively to survive, uh, and to defend humanity at a species level. I'm doing that organically. But it is true that a lot of people in our movement aren't successful because they're just, they're just prototypes or, 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 or failed, uh, bad sons of uh, kind of the same mindset of the elite. And then, and, and then they always appear and say, everyone under me, everyone do what I'm saying, I have an organization under me, uh, and then that's why they fail, and the, but they always self-destruct because they're in it for the wrong reason. Go ahead.
1: There's no doubt on that at all. Uh, you're, you're right. They, they do. Uh, again, psychopaths like will we'll, we'll always sniff the wind to see where popular opinion is going, and they'll try and jump on the bandwagon and get to the top any way they can. We found again that this happens down through history. And you'll find it too with conquerors after they take over a country. Those that were fighting against at the top immediately join with them. We found it with the communist system as well. The countries that were conquered, their, their members at the top would immediately become communists and, and be part of the Politburo. Uh, so uh, they'll, they'll use popular movements to get in. and they don't, But they don't last long, these people. It is true they don't last long. They tend to argue, fall out with everyone around them and uh, people just fall away from them. Uh, this is a uh, this is a collective process here because, you see, we're, we're fighting not for personal power. We're fighting for everything that's been, for all the hardship uh, that created us and brought us to where we are today, all those that went before, all those who were used and abused down through centuries. Uh, that's what we're fighting for. That's right. For.
0: We're fighting for humanity that has succeeded despite the elite. Yes and 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 i and i think the elite overall are failing though Alan. i don't think they have full control i don't i think they're mad i know they're mad at how i know their new orders behind i know they're very upset right now whatever they
1: do and this is the key to everything whatever they do to the public and that goes for the schooling system the police system everything they need our acquiescence they need us to cooperate and and silently agree with them they need our cooperation for everything they want to do even inoculating your children, uh, bowing down to them, uh, allowing them to control all your food, they need our acquiescence. And we have more power uh, than you can believe if we just understand that. We have the power to say I'll
0: no. tell you. I'll tell you what defeats them. Everybody, even if you're a busy executive, you've gotta start a garden, even if it's a separate piece of property, and then just start giving the food away. Start Mm -hmm. having neighborhood cooking classes on how to cook the food you made. People have to, we've been domesticated. But not even domesticated, we've been brought to the level of like Chinese princesses where they would tell them, oh, you bound your feet, you bind your fingers, you have long nails, you're so beautiful, we have to take care of you. That's how the uh, support guilds would become the true power in so many imperiums we even see that with the elites where we become these kept creatures, they've done what they did to Chinese royalty, they've done to us
1: yeah, and one generation and just one generation they have systematically destroyed the small farmer and al- almost eradicated the complete knowledge of being self-sufficient
0: yeah, horticulture, and, and all of it let's take some calls quickly, Alan, Watts got to go we really appreciate him, David in Texas you're on the air
3: all Doing great show as usual, I want to Uh, briefly say a couple things. First of all, I want to thank Alan Watt for all the research and all the broadcast work that he's doing in his various endeavors, and I also want to thank you, too, Alex, for all that you've done in the Patriot Movement for all these years. Uh, Your contributions have been very invaluable, and I'm very appreciative of that. I I want to make a quick uh, point about some. when you started off on the belief system of the ESAF and then have a question for Mr. Watt, uh, where he thinks all this is going. Uh, I've kind of come up with a personal observation but I think I may be onto something here that the, a lot of these elites believe in this supposed deity from Babylon called Mulak. And I think it uh, also the ancient pharaohs people in Egypt had their god Horus, which was a falcon headed god, and supposedly Mulak was an owl headed god. I kind of think there may be two different variations of the same god that both uh, are worshiping. And I also think that my belief system is it's, it's Satan. It's Satan worship. And these people are very evil and they're very misguided. They think they're elite and better than everyone else, but they're not.
0: Well, and- let me just stop you. I get attacked for saying Moloch is an owl. At the Bohemian Grove, they call it Moloch, and they call it an owl. Uh, everybody knows that Moloch was a bullheaded god. Whatever it is, it's a big statue with some horns. And But the occult is always changing names and changing things, and... Doing, the point is, it is a Canaanite slash Babylonian, but they did it all over. Greece did it too. Burning children in a fiery altar before a horned god that symbolizes the male side. Then you have the goddess worship on the other side. And so these occultists send me emails and get real mad going, Moloch's the bull. You, you, you won't correct it. I'm going off what the Bohemians say it is in northern California. You know, the Indians have 10,000 gods in India. I'm not getting into all that. Okay, I'm saying what they believe, what this current cult is doing. Comments on that, Alan Watt?
1: Yeah, it's true. They have many names for the same thing, and even in ancient times they did, too. And even Isis was the goddess with a thousand names and faces. So, But really, the owl is really those who can see in the dark, meaning... The darkness, by the way, is the common people in society
0: Yeah, we're in the dark, they're a big predator that hunts us in the dark, it has light It's illuminated in the dark And
1: Horus, uh, of course Horus the hawk is the one who can fly as high as the sun and look into the light of the sun meaning themselves, the elite they they can go both ways they can see in the world of darkness where the the profane live, as they call it and they can also rise as high as the sun that's what they mean by that
3: I have a, a quick question where do you think all this is going? Do you get the feeling that they're maybe about to try to pull something where a major catastrophic event, possibly on a global scale, they might be contrived and they're trying to seize power on a global
1: scale? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt
0: d- There's no doubt of that. I appreciate your call, Alan. Yeah, there's no
1: doubt that they've said themselves, uh, Brzezinski said it in his own book, so did the Club of Rome in their books, um, that they must create a global threat. And they're using the environment as one of them. Uh, terrorism is another. Now, terrorism, terrorism is a technique of warfare, not not a war itself. So they're using a technique and, and trying to convince us that terrorism is everywhere. It could be you, it could be your neighbor, uh, it could be And we're going to have Pharaoh.
0: millions of trained children and everyone spying on neighbors to fight terror, terror, terror. Yeah.
1: And therefore, therefore, the only way to to save the world will be to put the world into the hands of experts and have everyone monitored from from cradle to grave on a daily basis. And that's going to be given to the public. Meanwhile,
0: the police chief says we wear black uniforms to terrorize you. Yeah. We know who the real terrorists are. Uh, let's go ahead. Are you scared of the cops or Al-Qaeda, folks? Kelly in Iowa, you're on the air.
4: Hi, how's it going? Good. Well, uh, I caught your show at the very end, but I was listening to Alan, and uh, it sparked me. I remember, uh, it was either H.G. Wells or George R. Orwell, known as uh, Eric Blair. Mm-hmm. He said, the New World Order would be a, like a bootstomp to the face of humanity forever and ever.
0: Yeah, always pressing on the nerve of power, uh, tearing each other apart, tearing down the language, tearing down the species until all it is is men in black uniforms torturing everyone and being tortured themselves, being ripped in pieces, pressing on the nerve of power for power's sake. And that is, uh, you want to comment on that, uh, Alan Watt?
1: That's what it is. They're using terror openly now to terrify the public into compliance uh, or the threat of power. The first part of law, as Washington said, is coercion. You coerce or threaten the public. The second part is you actually use force on the public. So we're seeing bits of. Well, bolt. now, I mean, if, I
0: mean, for any reason they taser you. Oh, you didn't pay? Taser yeah. uh, on the bus. Oh, hey, take a breathalyzer. No, I'm, get out of the car. I'm tasering you. There's no law. You have to take a breathalyzer. They, but still, they say, well, our officer we're go and do it now.
1: Yeah, we, we are the new Pavlov's dogs. Simple, very simple.
0: Well, hey, I just want to tell the guys enforcing this: you're not getting away with anything. Your your bosses are hurting you a lot worse than you're hurting us. Shit. I do have one more question. Yeah, go ahead, Kelly. Okay.
4: uh I'm a fourth-degree Dan in uh, ninjutsu, so I'm pretty much trained in backpedaling. And uh, one thing I would like to ask you guys is, uh, as far as geo uh, strategy, what's going on over in the Middle East, one thing I've noticed is that where they demonize Iran, if you ever had to pull back or backpedal, Iran would be the perfect place. But yet they demonize Iran and say how great everything is going in Iraq, which we know is not true. So if you had to backpedal and you actually had to beat feet, you would pretty much hightail it to Iran because they got the air bases, they have everything that you need. And as far as geostrategy wise Sun Tzu's Art of War, third chapter, know thy enemy. They ignore that. They have, no, they have ignored everything that has to do with military strategy that we've learned in the last, oh, what, thousand years?
0: Well, they think they're going to get the U.S. into a fight that then people will refuse to pull out of. And they think if they can escalate it into a big enough conflagration, uh, that uh, Alan, you want to comment on that?
1: Well, they'd always planned. H.G. Wells wrote uh, Things to Come, put Things to Come, and he said that the new World Air Force would be based in Basra, which is in Iraq. And he wrote that a long time ago. These guys don't like to change their plans.
0: Yeah, that's in Things to Come. They made into a movie. Yeah. They uh, That was made in the 30s, and they fly around in these what looks like B-2 bombers mm-hmm. landing, and they tell leaders you will submit to the world government.
1: Yep. They don't like to change their plans. Yeah, I've noticed that. They don't.
4: They, they're like living fifty years ago. I mean, they don't. Uh,
1: they they don't want to give quarter, but they don't want to take quarter either. Yeah, they like to. They, they'll they trying and, and mush a square peg into a round hole if need be. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, it is stick toiveness. I mean, they don't give up. No. And uh, they'll slightly change course, but it's all going in the same direction. I appreciate your call. We're about to end the show. John in Pennsylvania, last caller here on the air with Alan Watt. Hi, how you doing?
5: Good. Um, I have one question. I noticed uh, earlier you had said that um, that you know the, the way the media portrays uh, some standing shining hero that delivers everyone from uh, evil and all that. How they like to put that image out there. Well. What uh, what would you say of the possibility of the elite throwing sacrificing one of their own, or maybe getting somebody from the patriot movement indoctrinated with uh, elitist values, and then tricking everyone, making everyone think that he's uh, some great patriot and he's going to save the country, but then just delivers everyone into the same new world order like master plan.
0: Are you talking, I mean, you're trying to say Ron Paul's like that or something? What's that? I mean, I mean, who, who would that be? Are you saying hypothetically? or Are you implying like Ron Paul or somebody's bad?
5: Well, just the possibility that they would sacrifice somebody of their own to, uh, to deliver everyone, but yet lead them into the same new world order, but yet make I, everyone think that this guy is. is I don't is understand the, the sacrifice.
0: I don't understand the sacrifice part.
5: I'm sorry, we're breaking up. We'll have to
0: let you go. Yeah, no, no. Don't 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 go. I don't understand your question. You said how why would that sacrifice their person? Well, I'm not saying that person's a government disinfo agent because the general public's just been inculcated on how to not think and how to not get along and to always just interject some excuse to not move forward and wake up. He said sacrifice one of their people to be a patriot and then bring the people in against the New World Order to only then do something to that person. Uh, maybe, Alan, you're smarter than me. Did you understand any logic in what he was saying?
1: I wasn't sure if he meant that, that someone would actually believe uh, that what the leak was suggesting was the right thing to do. I, I, it's hard to tell what the way he phrased it.
0: Well, I mean, just taking the second half of it, kind of like uh, from one statement he made, like, there's going to be leaders in our movement that are bad.
1: Or oh, yeah. maybe maybe he meant that eventually someone will be sent out to to lead a rebellion or something or, or a counter against the system. Maybe that's what he was on about.
0: Well, so. I mean, they did that with the Bolsheviks, but they were funded out of New York and yeah. London, and yeah. they and they went in, but it was so obvious, and they were calling for collectivism and control. Yeah, uh, they are not going to do that. Here's the deal. Take take the no planers and uh, the people that say particle beams did it. Uh, they are not schizophrenics. I mean, they make videos where they're acting crazy and and saying stupid things and cussing and yelling and running around, you know, saying that they carried out bombings and and and, and you know wearing mustaches and things, saying they're Hitler. That is all done so that then the TV news. Which they've done, and the, the 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 anti-9/11 truth group blogs can then say, "Here's 9/11 truth."
1: But it, it, it's called counterintelligence. Uh, what you take is the actual fact, you add some fiction to it, and then the fiction ridicules the truth.
0: Exactly. But I think they've acted so stupid that it's really woken up a lot of people. <laughs> but, yeah. Come but back on them, yeah. but what I've really seen is, listen, you're not going to have operatives that go 10, 12, 15. Uh, you know, 30 years, you're not gonna have people that say, you have power individually, take action, get involved, wake other people up. What you'll get is a group that arrives suddenly and says, we've got lots of funding, join us, do what we say, we have a battle plan, come under us, uh, and then they'll badmouth every other group. And we've seen that time and time again, and then they'll say everybody else is an agent.
1: And they'll be well-funded, too.
0: Yeah. There aren't many uh, of those uh, because, you know, they come up like a sore thumb. Then they disappear because it's so obvious. Uh, You know, the the, the elite have their big guys put their ideas out, then it's regurgitated. Their control is mainly that society's sick, backstabbing, twisted, that groups all balkanize into hundreds of subsects that all fight with each other, not because they're agents, but because they're egomaniacs. Or they hate anyone who's been successful in waking others up. Uh, because if they're successful, they must be an agent. I mean, they teach us how to not work together. They teach us how to just basically flounder around. I mean, do you see what I'm saying, Alan?
1: They also are very apt to send in agents. The communists, uh, there's a good book put up that said you can always trust the communists. And the technique was there of how they sent in infiltrators who worked tirelessly. They'd do all the, all the hard work. They'd lick the stamps. They'd do the envelopes. And eventually when it came round to voting in a president or something... Uh, they would get voted in, and and then they'd rule over the system and change direction. So um, you also have the other factor, as I say, you you get psychopaths even at the bottom who will smell the wind and see where they can pick a winner, and they will uh, uh, either take a group over or start up their own. There's a lot of uh, egos involved at the head of a lot of these groups, and I've, I've heard some of them slang each other publicly. Well, no, uh,
0: that's the point I was going to make, is that I'm trying to save people. I mean, I I say warn people about the vaccines, warn them about the water, get self-sufficient. Operatives don't do that. No. And then I can... But most of these people that attack me aren't even operatives. I mean, on the blogs and the websites and when national news has attacked me, that is an operation. It really is just economic. They are so mad that I have the most listeners that I've had these people call me up and go, you know, you're too big. You've got too big an ego. And I'm like, what do you mean? I mean, I'm doing this to try to warn people. I have a passion for the truth. And it literally is financial. What these idiots don't understand is I am waking up with my great listeners, so many people that the movement Rising Tide raises all ships, but they don't care. It's the egomania of they want to be top dog, and my success takes a lot of shots at me. But whereas I realize my success just makes me the first ship going into an enemy harbor being fired on. I'm the front of the line, the tip of the spear, going over the barbed wire, and, and and I'm doing it for all the right reasons. I know I'm for real. And what we know, too, is you see, if we lose, everyone
1: loses. We're not going to benefit personally in the future, in a society that's already laid out the game plan here. None of us are going to benefit, and so it's, there's, not, there's no personal advertisement here where we're going to go on with our own posterity uh, if the elite get win, uh, there'll be no more posterity. Uh, the but that's,
0: that's exactly what I'm saying, Alan. You're so yeah. good at boiling it down, is that this is life and death. I go, to bed, I go to bed sad every night. I mean, I know it's real. I know they're already imploding the economy. I know they're doing all this. I just want to stop it. Yeah. And then these egomaniacs always make it about, you know, how I'm bad or, or you're bad or somebody else is bad. I always notice they attack who's really pure of heart. But then it scares me because I don't think they're even operatives. I think they're just a manifestation of a sick society.
1: Now, I've had some of the top authors uh, mail me five letters in a day sometimes the most amazing hate you've ever imagined uh, simply because I've been mentioned more than, than they have. And and telling uh, mainstream media and main state radios that I've been on uh, different stations to get me off. They, they've been trying to get me off the stations, yeah. and and one of them uh, in one country they, they were they were successful in doing it. Yeah.
0: Is this somebody in our movement?
1: And uh, no, this came from the, across the pond.
0: But I mean, I mean, I mean, in the freedom movement, the yeah, supposedly, supposedly, yeah. Well, that's the thing is, Alan, I have you on and a few others who have talk shows and do other things, but, but very rare, more and more rare, because in the used to, I would have hosts on and try to build them up and even promote them, and then as soon as they got a chance, they would attack me, or I'd have them fill in on my show, and then they'd do it. And it really freaked me out, because I was trying to build up other people, yeah. and then they were like, no, that's not what this is about. This is about you going away. And, 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 and me being you. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm like, no, for my own safety I stay visible, but I don't even enjoy this.
1: I don't think they realize either, uh, again, the lesser psychopathic type don't realize that every time you, you, you come into the house, you don't know if you're going to get blown up, you don't know if you're going to be killed going outside the house, you don't have a, a minute's peace, you're always aware that your life can end at any time, and uh, it's no fun, it's no f- fun being out in front at all, no fun at all.
0: Well, Alan, you're doing a fabulous job, and we just really appreciate you. Uh, give the listeners your website and some of the books and videos you've got.
1: Uh, thanks, Alex, and thanks for having me on. You Look at cuttingthroughthematrix.com and alanwattsentinel.eu and see what I have for sale there. It keeps me going. It's all I ask, and that's all we can ask at the moment is, is more time to expose more of this and to go on as long as we possibly can.
0: Well, Alan, I appreciate you, and I want to have you come on the show more and more. And I appreciate you putting up with all my rant and raves. And I think we have good discussions back and forth with the callers. And uh, take care. Thanks for uh, two plus hours today. And
1: you take care as
0: well. Take care, Alan Watt. On with us for what two hours and forty minutes. Uh, I'm out of time. I'll be back live tomorrow. These non-stop shows, where I don't even take a break, uh, it uh, is exhausting, but I enjoy it. If you do want to support us financially, I want to get a bigger office to hire more people and up our game. Go to InfoWars.com, buy some of the books and videos there, and support the sponsors uh, as well at InfoWars.com. And Make copies of all of my films. PrisonPlanet.tv will archive each day these live TV shows that we do. Uh, you got a, you got almost uh, two hours of extra uh, show today. What we were just doing a month ago, or more than two hours actually, but an hour and ten minutes of overdrive. Uh, at the Infowars.com streams, you can tune back into the rebroadcast now. God bless you all. Infowars.com. Thank you.